every youngster here on the Michigan team has dreamt of the day that he someday would play on a championship team and come to the Rose Bowl and play in the granddaddy of them all. Craig Compton, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back to the show. Everybody, welcome back to Divine Intervention. We're going to talk Michigan Rutgers. I'm Derek Devine. Make sure you're following everything we do at Wolverine Sounds. Also, check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast and the other podcasts we do on this show. Michigan beats Rutgers. It wasn't 78 to nothing like we might have hoped, but considering the, the Michigan football team this year, I'm happy with the win. Are you? I'm happy with the second half and part of the second quarter, yeah. So what are you unhappy with, Craig? It sounds like you have something to say here. I'm just, I'm not so much unhappy, just frustrated that after how many games we we still can't get things figured out on offense uh, with John O'Korn under center. Nothing against John O'Korn. I think he's been uh, a great leader for the team and probably ways that we don't even understand just in the locker room and just being a an older presence on a very young team. Um, but it's just frustrating to see a guy like that that you know he's a good guy um, he's a guy that when he when he came in against Purdue man everybody wanted to see him succeed I think and and just wasn't able to get the job done so just frustrated for him frustrated for the offense that they can't figure things out with him back there yeah so Jim Harbaugh obviously mentioned that it was time for Bram Peters to see the field uh, said that it's been a couple of weeks since they knew that he was going to see some action. Uh, I guess we could probably expect him to start this weekend against Minnesota, but obviously there came a point on Saturday where fifth-year senior John McCorn just wasn't playing well. Three for six, 16 yards. First time he had tried to throw it downfield through a bad interception. Muffed uh, two snaps, two fumbles. He recovered both of them, and it just felt like Especially after the interception, it felt like, okay, it's time. Jim Harbaugh kept saying, one snap away, one snap away, Brian Peters would be in there. Then the muffed uh, snap recovers it. Okay, okay, now it's time. And then he does it one more time under center, fumbles it, falls on it. You knew it was time. Finally, Brandon Peters gets his shot. And you know what? He provided a spark, at least in the game against Rutgers, that I think Michigan needed. And obviously, that put them in a position to to. Uh, extend their lead and, and ultimately close the game and win. Yeah, and it almost seemed to me anyway like maybe John O'Corn was playing like he was looking over his shoulder, like he knew it was time, maybe even in the Penn State game. Um, you know, you can only take so much as a person uh, hearing so many negative things about yourself and so many praises about somebody else that nobody even knows how, how good he might be. Um, it just seemed like that that interception, it was like, okay, it's over for me. My time at Michigan is done. My time being a quarterback, at least a starting quarterback, is done. Um, and I think that's what maybe led to the fumbles. Yeah, I mean, especially when it was announced that Jim Harbaugh told the team in a meeting that Brandon Peters would see the field. You're right, if John O'Corn uh, makes that interception, throws the interception, he knows that it's only a matter of time. He's got a short lease and Har- leash, and Harbaugh's going to put uh, Brandon Peters in. And so you're right, nervousness. Uh, just kind of feeling a, a target on his back like it's a matter of time before I'm replaced. Uh, but he showed a, a positive attitude on the sideline. He was the first to congratulate Brandon Peters after Peters tossed a 20-yard touchdown to Chris Evans, which I thought showed a lot about his character. You talked about there's a lot of things we don't get to see, obviously, uh, in the locker room, in practices, obviously a, a big leader, 
a guy who's been around the program for some time now, even though he transferred. So sad for John O'Corn uh, that it didn't work out in his favor. We saw some really nice things against Purdue, but I think the time is now for Brandon Peters, and I expect him to be the starter uh, moving forward. Moving forward in this podcast, the one thing that I did love is the rushing game. Now, again, it's Rutgers, an improved Rutgers, uh, and I think there's enough positives that I liked in the game, and one of those was the rushing game. 334 yards, four touchdowns, and then Karan Higdon, again, another big game, responsible, 18 carries, 158 yards, and two of those scores. Craig, do you think the running success continues, especially against these next couple of teams where Michigan should be able to dominate on the ground? Yeah, I do, because I feel like the rushing game has been the the bright point of the offense all season. Um, It just seems like the offensive line... I don't know. I don't know if they like to to run block more than pass block, but it just seems like they are more into it when it is a run play. Um, They get downfield. They throw guys around. And then when we have backs like Karan Higdon and even Kareem Walker um, hitting holes hard and and really pushing the ball downfield, it, it obviously helps. Yeah, I think the offensive line has showed some steady growth as the season has gone on. Obviously more and so in the running game than the passing game. I think when we see a game where Brandon Peters, uh, or I guess John O'Corn, if he's still going to be the starter somehow, gets a chance to kind of tilt the rock around a little bit more, maybe we see if they've improved in the passing game. There have been times, especially against Penn State, where I think John O'Corn was sacked seven times, which is, which is unacceptable for an offensive line, especially an offensive line that proves to be able to block downfield in the runs. You mentioned Kareem Walker. Uh, Kareem Walker obviously saw the most action he's seen, six carries, 34 yards. Ty Isaac had a great game, 14 carries, just a few shy of what Higdon got, 109 yards, uh, even though he didn't find the end zone. Now, he went out with an injury at this point of the week. We don't know what happened. Uh, Kareem Walker was also seen limping to the sideline. I think they reported sprained ankle on the television, but again, haven't seen exact news on him. So between those two guys and Higdon, I think you've got three backs that have proven things as of late. And then the other thing I want to talk about was Chris Evans in a potential new role in the pass game. You saw him get up in in space uh, and Brandon Peters found him. Do you think that that's kind of where they'll use Chris Evans now that they have three solid backs outside of him? I think if the other two are healthy, yeah, I, I do think that. And you and I talked about that early in the season. I mentioned just getting Chris Evans involved in the game, whether it's an end around like a McDoom sweep or um, short little screen plays or you line Higdon and Evans up in the backfield and, and really confuse teams on which way you're going with it. Um, I think that's the way that, that Chris Evans is best this year. Uh, last year he really seemed to be the strongest runner that we had at times, but this year I don't know what it is. I don't. It just doesn't seem right. Every time he's carrying the ball, it's I don't know if he's trying too hard to make a big play happen, but yeah, I think that if the other three backs are healthy and productive, then for sure that's how they'll use Chris Evans. Chris Evans almost broke off a big run there. Uh, looked like he had a chance to, to find the end zone. Was was caught, ran into two guys probably 10, 15 yards down the field. He obviously is very dangerous in open space. He's proved that all last season, the times he's found open space this season, he often tries to get to the outside anyway. Seems to be more of a east to west runner. So I think that you'll see him in open space. And if he can add the element, a two-back set where uh, Higdon blocks and, and Evans can go out for a pass, maybe a screen, I think that he's obviously still a very athletic and very dangerous player. 
Uh, McDoom got another end around. Uh, we still haven't seen that as much as we did last year. I think that one went for almost a first down, if not a first down at, at that time uh, that he got that. So I do think that what Brandon Peters brings is is more energy and more confidence. He, he looks like a guy who uh, showed poise and he seems to be ready to prove himself. I just think that the demeanor and how he looks on the field is he looks natural and I think more so than John O'Corn looking to prove himself in a Purdue game, Brandon Peters is proving himself to a fan base to potentially be the starting quarterback for years to come. Uh, obviously a big opportunity he has. I think he'll make the most of it. With that, and if Michigan can start throwing the ball down the field like he was able to do successfully 10 times, I think you see more elements. McDoom, Chris Evans, obviously the three backs we mentioned. So I'm excited moving forward, not just because it seems like there's an answer at quarterback, but as the year goes on, Jim Harbaugh seems to open up the offense anyway as players get used to it. And I, I think that we'll see some new things, not only against Minnesota, but games to come. Yeah, and I said it uh, after the Purdue game right here on our podcast. Uh, pump the brakes on John O'Corn. I'm going to say the same thing about Brandon Peters to, to people that are already just writing Michigan off as winning out the rest of the year and somehow squeaking into the playoff. I've heard things like that. Um, that's crazy talk. We need to pump the brakes a little bit here on Brandon Peters. John O'Corn came in against Purdue, played great. Brandon Peters came in against Rutgers, played great. We'll see how he fares against Minnesota. But, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that he brings a whole new element that, that John O'Corn didn't bring. And John O'Corn brought something that Wilton Spate didn't bring. So um, I'm excited as well. You talk about the poise and – you hear a lot about John O'Corn and how he's a fifth-year senior and he has a lot of poise and he's confident back there and calm, but I saw something different when he was back there. Um, I think back to the Michigan State game and that, I think it was the fourth quarter, his flop on the sideline. Um, that doesn't really scream confident and poised to me. That, that seems um, maybe like he's scared and he's trying to come up with something to get, to get yardage. Um, Brandon Peters, he looked poised. He, they said on the broadcast, you know, he's a quiet guy. He's not somebody that's gonna gonna rile up the team, but he is very competitive and very poised. And I like that. Um, I think that that's that's more exciting than a guy um, like a Johnny Football who's in everybody's face all the time. I would rather just have the guy that goes out there, does his job, and does it well. I think John O'Corn maybe playing scared is, is a bit of a stretch, but I think he was playing in a way where he knew he was going to be judged every single step. Right, yeah. Brandon Peters will be as well, but again, because Brandon Peters kind of has the hope of, of Michigan fans of this is a guy who, who will be around a while, I think that similar to the, the people that will give Jim Harbaugh more years than, than they gave Rich Rod and, and Brady Hoke, I think that Braden Peters gets a pass, so he'll make mistakes. He's obviously going to throw an interception. He almost threw an interception against Rutgers, had one really bad throw, uh, missed a, a big opportunity, I think, on his last throw of the day, which could have gone for a touchdown. He's going to have growing pains. He's going to make mistakes. It's just a matter of how how confident the fan base remains in him, how confident his teammates remain in him, coaches, and then obviously himself. He seemed confident in the, in the postgame, uh, short interview they did there on BTN. Uh, and again, I think he's playing for so much more than than John O'Corn was. John O'Corn was playing almost in a, in a desperate manner for whatever I can do to, to allow Michigan to win. He was able to do that a couple of times, but overall, Brandon Peters is not only playing to win, he's playing to prove to 
potentially in the future of the nation that he's one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. Obviously, he was one coming out of high school. So, any last thoughts on Rutgers, Craig? No, I, I agree with that. Uh, I just, like I said, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Um, obviously, there's a lot of hype about Brandon Peters, and rightfully so. He was he was great in high school. Um, but for all we know, he could play this game. They could split reps, and Wilton Spate could be back against Maryland. We just don't know. Um, let's take it one game at a time, and, and whoever's out on the field, let's support those guys 110%. I think as long as the offense continues to improve and the defense continues to hold their own and eliminate giving up some big plays like they even did against Rutgers, Michigan looks pretty good to finish the season, especially the next two games. So we'll talk about Michigan-Maryland under the lights in the next podcast. Thanks for joining us this time around. Go Blue.